guys are hand, hold on, can you hear me? Yes. You guys are hands down the best welcomers ever. Yeah. You make me want to cheer for me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, she's here, he's here, it's awesome. Um, oh my gosh, we have fallen in love with your church. Um, seriously, it's just, a, it's just, I, we just love you. Um, you know, it's funny because when you, especially when you travel, you, sometimes, very often, we do things, everything out of relationships. So we only go to places where there's some kind of relationship that bonds us to the next spot. And generally, we go back to places that we've become a part of the family to help grow the body and see them established. But every once in a while, the Lord slips a new place in, and it's scary. It's like a first date. It's like, oh, am I going to like them? Are they going to like us? Are they going to be weird? But that's that's the beauty of traveling ministry because you know what? A moving target is harder to hit. We can like, whoa, okay, gotta go. <laughs> but we don't even want to leave now. I mean, honestly, we don't even want to leave. We've just loved you. We had such a great time this weekend with the prophetic conference. How many went? So quite a few of you, but quite a few of you didn't go. So here's the deal. You get 500 prophets in a room. Doesn't that sound frightening? It, it is a little bit frightening. But my thought was this, because you know, I was kind of looking around and I thought, how many people in here aren't actually prophets, but they slipped in? You know what I mean? Because if you're desperate for a word from the Lord, where is a better place to go? Oh, I'm signing up for the prophetic conference. Just going to sit here among you all. Then you sit there and wait. And, and like I said before, you sit in the middle seat, your seat right there, but you wear a bright yellow shirt. Like you, there she is. You wear this bright yellow shirt, and you just sit and wait. And, um, you know, it's funny because I, I got to tell this story. Years ago, I was going through a very difficult time, and um, Tom had to go away on a trip. Oh, just relax. I'll be down soon. Right. Just <laughs> keep an eye on him. And um, Tom was on a, on a trip, and um, I just, you know, he called some guys at a church, young church that we were ministering to, and he said, hey, could you just go over and minister to Susie? Well, anyways, the only people available were about six 17 to 19-year-old guys. And, you know, I mean, I could be all of their mothers. I think our son was the same age at the time. And so these guys find out that this famous prophet is coming to town. And they come and pick me up and they say, um, you know, Susie, we're, you know, Tom called us. We're going to take you to see this prophet. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay, whatever. You know, I'm, you know how you get to that point of such despair? It's like, you know, I, and I was just so hurting. So these boys pick me up, and I'm just a little bit of a walking zombie at the time and they bring me in they they get there early to the meeting and they usher me into the second row and as I'm following the boys in they took my arm and they literally positioned me to the middle seat and then this is awesome when it came time the prophet gets up and he starts giving the words and stuff you know what the boys did when the prophet turned his eye in my direction they all ducked <laughs> I watched them all. <laughs> you know what? I didn't get a word that night. <laughs> I didn't need one. The love, the care, that was all the love I needed. That was the word of the Lord to me. You know? 
the Lord works in mysterious ways. And you know, sometimes when we have this preconceived idea that somebody's going to get up and they're going to say out my, my street number and my name, my favorite color, whatever, and the Lord's going to speak to me. You know, you know what? Sometimes the person sitting beside you is going to turn around and speak into your life and rock your world. You know, and we need, this is, listen, it's Christ in us, right? Colossians 1.27, my favorite scripture. Here's the secret. The secret was the secret for centuries and ages and forever. And then God said, I want the secret out. And the secret is this. Christ in you. The hope of glory. It assures us that we're able to share that glory, experience that glory, live in that glory, and pass that glory around. You know, sometimes, you know, we, you know a lot of times when Tom... I'm here. I, watch it, I'm, watch it. <laughs> Keep an eye on them. Um, sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll get up, and, and especially because Tom has even, you know, really great prophetic gifting, but, you know, we'll get up and, and we'll just say, no, everybody's like, give me the word, give me the word, and then we'll say this, we'll pair people into twos, are you getting nervous? And we'll say, okay, count off, one, two, one, give a word to two, two, give a word to one. And everybody's like, no, I wanted it from the good guy. I wanted it from the expert. What was that word? I wanted it from that expert. No, Christ in us. Christ in us. And you know what? According to Isaiah 58, if you ever, I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell, the Revised Susie version, it says this. It says this. If in the midst of your own darkness and sickness and pain and hurt, if you will extend your hand and love and give and serve, your healing will come. Not their healing, your healing will come. And it says this, and then you will go on to be like a well-watered garden whose waters never fail. That's a prescription for healing. Not coming to get, but coming to give. It's your prescription for healing. Amen? Amen. Okay, now I'm going to get to the point I wanted to talk about. <laughs> One scripture. i got to get all the marriage going to my leg. He'll be dragging me off in a minute. I just want to say this. i got to say this scripture. Listen. You know, people say to me this, oh man, the Lord's not talking to me. It's just a dry season. I just can't hear his voice. I always say this, open up your Bible. He wrote it all down. Okay? Amen? Amen. Don't be clamoring afterwards. Open up the word of God. It's alive and living and it's everything. It's Jesus in there and it's going to speak to your heart. And if you don't get the Bible you're reading, get another version. There's tons of them. Okay? And, and just have it, you know, ignite your heart. And if you fall asleep when you're reading, then walk and read. And if that's too dangerous and you can't do two things at once, you're not a, you're a man, you're not a multitasker, then do this. Do this. Get it on audio because they have it on audio. You know what I mean? There's just countless ways that you find to get into the Word of God. Psalm 1, 1 through 3, in the message, how well God, I'm getting nervous, how well God must like you. You don't hang around at Sin Saloon or Pub, Sin, sin Pub, I'm going to be relevant. You don't slink along Dead End Road. You don't go to Smart Mouth College. Instead, you thrill to God's Word. You chew on Scripture day and night. You're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf and always in blossom. Woo!
<laughs> you should see her when she has coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just saying, you know. Then, <clears throat> I wasn't rushing you. Could you feel the burning in you? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. The force is in you. Right. You know, this whole area of just understanding that, that place of, that we have the deposit of the blessing within us is so important. It really is. But uh, one, of, one of the things I like is in Acts chapter 1. I like a lot of things, but that's one of them. You know, it's just like, it says this, on one occasion, verse 4 says, While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised you, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days <clears throat> you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel at that time? He said to them, it's not for you to know the time or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But listen to this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The key word there is you will become my witnesses. Guys, one of the things that we sense the Holy Spirit saying is that there is a deposit of his spirit that's coming, a release of those things that have been spoken on a better day. Those promises of God that have been implanted into the soil in this nation. Susie and I have been coming here since 1978. We love your country. Didn't always love it. It was really rough at first, but now we're happy here. Okay? <laughs> and uh, the, the whole situation is that there has been this promise of the Spirit. You know, we were, we were saying in the first service that Billy Graham said something. We had come right after he had been here. And he said, if something doesn't happen to the British church soon, it won't be around. Well, guess what? Something happened in the yeah, British church. Yeah, yeah. And here we are in church. Amen. And this is an amazing time. But the key here is, is this situation here. I think this is the flow that we're in right now. It's not the platform. It's the believers. You know, and I hate saying that because this is my job. But it, it, is, it is not the platform. It's everyone gets to be a witness. Everyone gets to be a participant. Participant, And like Wimber used to say, everyone gets to play. It is this opportunity that we all get to be involved in the situation. And again, the key word is a witness. Most of us spend our lives watching. But what is a witness? A witness is someone who can testify to what they know to be truth by what they've seen, by what they've heard, or what they've experienced firsthand. You know that? I mean, that's just how it is. You know, it works that way, like, let's say, in a court of law, right? That's someone who can testify. Let's say, well, let's say Roland, let's say he gets um, arrested, because it could happen, right? You know, you know. <laughs> and um, the judge comes to me and he says, all right, well, what do you know? Well, he knocked off the liquor store, beat up the guy, took the money, and ran. How do you know that's true? Well, Phil told me. <laughs> Would that hold up in a court of law? What, is we, what do we call that? Hearsay evidence. And guys, it doesn't hold up in a court of law, and it doesn't hold up in the kingdom of God. We need to be the ones that are the participants in what God's doing. We need to be the ones who can testify to what we know to be truth, just like last night. Oh, 
a guy got stood up, he had a hernia, and it disappeared. Oh, I was there. It's true. I, you know, I saw it. You know, that's that. Oh, somebody else had something else disappear. I was there. It's the truth. You know, and, and I can testify to that because it is that situation. And the Lord is looking to implement that point of power into our lives that we can be participants of the word and go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That is the gifting, that is the motivation behind the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You know, you know the next story. You know, later on, you know, what? They're, they're there. Jesus goes away. They're all in the upper room arguing, I guess, or well, they're in one accord, I guess. So they're all right. They come together and the Holy Spirit comes and they begin to speak in other tongues and this radical thing takes place. They say there's about 120 of them in the room. Now, I don't know what kind of PA system they were using, but it must have been pretty good because it says that everyone in Jerusalem heard them praising God. All right, And not only were they praising God and everybody heard them, but they also heard them in their own language which is, again, another miracle. Everybody thinks, oh, tongues. Well, hearing is pretty cool, too. You know, but that's that whole situation that this is going on. Now they go on, and, you know, they're, everyone's thinking, what is that noise? What's happening? How can this be? And so people start making fun of them. And they say, oh, they're drunk, right? You know, and I, we saw, well, you were drunk last night. I saw that. Okay, anyway, he, he, he Peter stands up, and he goes, no, no. It's too early in the morning. It's only 9 o'clock. Come back at 4. We might be drunk. But right now, we're not drunk, all right? But this is what was promised by the prophet Joel. And he begins to quote, he begins to talk about this outpouring on your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will see, what, they'll have dreams and your, new, your young men will have visions. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lost in that one right now. But it's just this whole area of outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then... These people are pierced to the heart. Look at the fruit from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It says then at the end of the sermon, it was a great sermon, because at the end, what happened? They cry out, what must we do to be saved? Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's, that's, when was the last time you were in church when that happened? You heard a sermon where people stood up, what must I do to be saved? You know, because what we do is like, we're going to have the altar call now. Please come forward. We're just going to sing it 20 more times. Please come. You know, we love you. We'll give you a bicycle, whatever. Just get up here. You know, we want you to come, you know. and But in this is that outpouring of the spirit. They were pierced to the heart. They cried out. And salvation came. Now remember, they only counted the men, and it says that over 3,000 were added to their numbers that day. So if it's a normal church, probably half a million women and children right in there. You know, it's like, it worked out. But the Lord added to their numbers, and there was this outpouring of the Spirit that was amazing. The fruit of the outpouring of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit coming into the room, were the loss coming into the kingdom. Guys, we need to understand that we are anointed to be witnesses. Those who implement the power of the Holy Spirit, not just for our home entertainment system, but that we actually use it in the streets and see people come to the kingdom by using the gifts and the tools that he's given us. And it's, it makes it so much easier. You know that? You know, when people start arguing with you and you just say, well, let's, let's pray for a moment. And you can give them a word of knowledge that convinces them of all, convicts them of all, and then they say, God is surely among you, and they accept Jesus. I love that. It's easier. You know, I don't want to go through theological debate. I just want to see the power of God come and set the captive free. 
Now in that, you know, we all cry out for revival. We all cry out for something of power. But you see, there's a, a union there. There's a participation that has to take place in our lives. And then what comes in that is that we actually come to a place of confidence that God wants to do something in our lives and through our lives. You know, because if you have an abundance, you're pretty comfortable. You know, if someone says, oh, you know, I, I, didn't have, I don't have any change. Will you buy me a Coke? And you go, oh, yeah, you know, you get plenty of money, so you'll go do that. But if you're down to your last pound, it's like, oh, uh, well, why don't we collect some bottles or something? You begin, you know, you, you're not going to give if you're, if you're pressured. True? So what, what happens here in our, in our transformation, we want to be so rich in the spirit that we're able to give away it isn't like Susie said earlier, is bless me, bless me, bless me. Because, you know, along with the yellow shirt is a little bow tie that says, pick me. You know, and, and that's what we do because we want that. Why? Because we suffer from rejection in the kingdom. It's a rough job being in the kingdom. It's a rough thing. It's not like we can, you know, we can't go to the Lord for a checkup. It's not like a normal job where you get a job performance schedule, you know. I mean, wouldn't it be cool? You know, if, you know, Simon got a note saying, uh, you're time to go see the Lord. And wherever that was, I don't know, London, Salt Lake, who knows. But, you know, it's like, what, you know, I won't be Salt Lake, don't worry. Okay, but, you know. And so, you know, he goes and he's got to wait in line because, you know, it's God. So he waits in line to see him. Finally, after waiting in line, he comes up. Hey, Simon, just want to... Church is doing well. Really love that teaching you gave last week. Pretty good. You know, good, very good. I want to talk to you about Caroline a little bit. But, you know, he goes through the whole thing, you know. And then he gives him his grades. And he comes back and, and you know, let's say, do you guys use A, B, C? You know, so, so he comes, he gets a B plus. So he can come back next, hey guys, met with the Lord, B plus. <laughs> We're B plus, yeah, yeah. Yeah, got some things we want to improve on and that would be great but we don't have that so what do we have are we are we pleasing the Lord here is, is this a good thing you know was that right was that wrong listen it is not an exact science but in that we need to understand that he wants to pour out his spirit in such a rich way and he doesn't hold back I'm going to pray a little bit louder. I'm going to sing a little bit longer. I'm going to do that course one more time because we're trying to earn that favor. But in truth, we need to be receivers of that blessing. Fill up the container that we can pour it out. If you stop pouring it out, it begins to stink. You know, it's like the manna thing. You know, if it's good for the day. You know, we need to pour it out. Fill me up and pour me out. Fill me up and pour me out little teacup song but it's like you know you, you just really want that outpouring of the spirit in our lives because when that begins to happen and you pour yourself out to the person sitting next to you or the person on the street you then begin a confidence that the early church had because see what you know what, have you ever read that have you ever read what that says uh, after that when it talks about what happened you know, he goes ahead and he preaches the gospel and people get, you know, repent, be baptized, they all get filled. But listen to this, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship and breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Now listen to this. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property, possessions, and possessions to give to anyone that had need. And they met and continued meet every day in the temple court. And, the Lord, and they broke bread in their homes. And they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising the Lord, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those that were being saved. What did they do? They were so confident in what God was doing. They were so confident in the presence of the Lord that they brought their money, their jewelry, their property, and they laid at the apostles' feet. That is a true sign of revival. When the fear of self-survival, the fear of we're not going to make it, the fear that God won't bring us through, as long as we have that in there, we are capping off that place of release. And listen, I got news for you. The Lord wants to bring an abundant blessing right here in this church. But how it's going to happen is you must plant seed. You must invest into the kingdom of God. You know, I want this kind of a church where, like Moses got up that day, you know, and they're getting ready to build the things for the Lord. And he gets up and says, I don't bring any more money. I have never heard that preached. I will never preach it. You know, you know, you know, bring it on. Okay, but just listen. I want there to be a rich resource in the kingdom of God. I desire, I have a heart, I have a vision that one day the church will be so rich that the banks will come to us for a loan and we'll turn them down because they're a bad risk. <laughs> yeah, party, you know. We need to come to that position where just like the church did, that the need, all the needs were met. In, in New Living it says that everybody's needs were taken care of. And that's what we want. We want to be that resource. More Lord, more Lord. That's exactly what he says. More people, more. Invest yourself into the kingdom of God. It isn't just laying hands on someone. It isn't just shouting. It isn't singing the song 25 times. It's investing yourself. It, I think we can say it this way. Put your money where your mouth is. That we can invest into the kingdom. That when, you know, where's the need? We say, well, we, we'll pay for that. You know, uh, we have a... a one of my heroes in the faith was a guy named Jack Hayford and he used to do this thing about teaching how many times when we come together we always ask oh Lord bless me bless me and then he says well look it we always ask wouldn't it be great if somebody walked in this room right now and gave you five now you can put any number there you want right five pounds 5,000 pounds, 500,000 pounds, 5 million pounds. Can we hear a billion? You know, you just, just, you know, that we just, that we have that vision. And, you know, that we would be the ones to, oh, if I won, you know, how many of you have ever thought you're going to win the lottery? You know, oh, yeah, I just give it to the church. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'll do that. It would be amazing. I'll buy this for them. And you thought so much about it that you actually started spending the money, you know, and now you have to win it to get out of debt. Okay, this is it. But we have this concept that we would be the ones that would receive. Here's the flip. What if we are the ones to give the five? Think about that thinking. 
Wouldn't it be cool if I could write a check for 500,000 pounds this morning and drop it into the offering plate? Wouldn't that be cool? Now, most of us think, I just want five hugs. That's all I was thinking when you said that thing. You know, because we don't want to put ourselves at risk. But if we know that we know that we know that we know that we serve an abundant God, then we can begin to see. Listen, he'll do more than we can think or even imagine. True? And here it is. The imagination is, I can believe that as you're worshiping, that the people from the community will be in the pubs, or they'll be in the restaurants, they'll be in their homes, and the flow of the Holy Spirit will come out these doors, and they'll be drawn to the presence of God. And they'll come here, and they'll come into the parking lot, and they'll say, what must we do to be saved? I can imagine that. He can do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? But to do that, well, we're going to need a bigger building. You know, we're going to need more nursery space. We're going to need, we're going to need, we're going to need. So we bring all our gifts and we lay them at the bottom of the, of the, of the apostles' feet so that we can see that need taken care of. Does that make sense? Yes. More, Lord. I agree. He wants to give more. I believe he wants to pour out his spirit. But part of your prophetic destiny is to live out as a witness of what he's speaking to the church today. We really do need to see this take place, that we all walk in that place of freedom. You know, we don't want to be the poor mouths. We want to be those who say, you know, we want to see you're a great and abundant blessing. You know, we have a bad reputation in the church of being poor and being needy and always asking and manipulating people. Like Susie said, you know, just read your Bible, check it out. You don't want to be manipulated to give. You know, let's put up the slides of the poor children in China. Does everybody feel bad now? We're taking the offering. All right, you know, you know. Then just be obedient. Be obedient. Do you trust your leaders? I know you do. How could you not? I mean, honestly, you know, shoot, you got a bunch of group of good men and women in this church, you know? You know, I'm impressed. I really am. It's like, oh, well, why do you want me to speak? You know, it's like, you know, these guys are great. They really are. They're anointed. They're seers. They hear. They, they know what God's doing. They're feeding you a great diet. It's wonderful. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. You know, well, I don't know what they're going to do with my money, though. <laughs> you never know. They could go south on us real quick. <laughs> you know. Yeah, get over it. <laughs> you know better than that, don't you? Come, Holy Spirit. Bring deliverance in the house. Come, Holy Spirit. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, this is, you know, we didn't talk about this first service. Should have come then. But it's like, uh, <laughs> lock the doors. We're taking another offering. All right, you know. <laughs> But there's something, you know, there's something in the air right now. Listen carefully. You see it already. You've already had visions. You've already had dreams. You've already had the Lord speak to you about things that are to be accomplished in this city. Greater things are yet to be done yeah. in this city. You know, remember the song? Yeah. Bring your wealth into the storehouse. Somebody taught at the conference about Joseph. Man, 
Aren't you glad he had that vision? Aren't you glad he could under, understand that dream and discern it and show Pharaoh what to do? Because otherwise there had been no Israel. Do you know that? Well, what is God concerned about? Monetary things. Because he can build a nation. Guys, he wants to build a nation. And he's trusting you with the impartation of the Spirit. He trusts you with the power. Healing. Deliverance. Setting people free. Salvation's in the house. He also trusts you to carry the cart. Put the treasures in and let's move on. It is that time now. You know, don't make them beg. Don't make them, you know, come up with some fundraising project. Bring your gifts to the storehouse. Watch what the Lord does. Trust me in this, okay? I know you just met me, but trust me, okay? <laughs> really, it's okay. Uh, no, but really, trust me in this. <laughs> You're going to need the money. You're going to need someone to take care of the babies, physical and spiritual. You're going to need to have resources to bring to, to minister to those that are in need. We may start out with a couple of fish and bread, but at the end there will be baskets left over. Come Holy Spirit. And in our obedience and in our confidence, you know what will come? The manifest presence of Jesus. And all the people felt a sense of, wow. It wasn't, you know, it says ah, but it doesn't mean, oh, they're cute. No, just that. It means, whoa, yeah, okay, radical, I'm in, party. You know, they all felt that because among them, there were all sorts of signs and wonders taking place. Many were healed. And the Lord added to their numbers daily. For our inheritance, Lord, give us the loss. Come on, church. For our inheritance, give us the loss. I, I know you feel all warm and fuzzy after that. But guys, it's the truth. And the truth will set you free. Unfortunately, you're not going to get away with being a spectator. You made a mistake. You pick the church that's going to mobilize you to be a doer of the word. Yeah. You know, King's Arms, you know, a little... <laughs> that was my dramatic presentation of that. <laughs> you know, creative dance. Where's the creative guy? You know, you know, you know, could you help me with this? Okay, but it's, it's more than sitting here. It's more than singing. It's an answering to the call of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 